Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into Players Only with Chiefs Radio Network color analyst Danon Hughes. Excellent throw and catch, just gets inside, uses his big body. No answer for number 87. And former NFL linebacker Joe Mays. Mays missed him first. And in typical North Dakota State toughness, Mays got up and stayed with it and got Newton from behind. Players Only, presented by U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. Chiefs Kingdom, what's going on? We are back in the building. Players only here. I got my boy Joe Mays, former NFL linebacker, eight years in the NFL, and I am Danon Hughes. And for all the first-time listeners out there, we are with you each and every Thursday during the football season, 6 to 7 p.m., chopping it up, talking about Chiefs football, talking about sports on the field, off the field, athlete situations, both of us coming from that unique perspective that we had a seat in that locker room. So we've been going on, what, two and a half seasons, three yeah. seasons strong right now, and we're fortunate that we got at least another week, maybe two, a few more weeks at the end of this season as we move towards the playoffs here in the Chiefs kingdom. But we appreciate everybody listening in. And uh, we got some really cool stuff going on with the Chiefs, and we'll get to that in this last week. But this is the first quarter of our show, and it is sponsored by our friends at U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. We are missing one of our uh, the triple threat here, Sean Barber. Uh, for those of you that may not have been listening last week, Sean lost his dad. His dad passed away. And this week uh, have been the services. Uh, I understand they were uh, via Zoom yesterday or this week, and I didn't get a chance. I didn't even get the link, so I, I apologize to Barbershop's family that I wasn't able to support. But we got uh, flowers out to them and prayers and condolences to their family Absolutely. Uh, as well. That's one of our brothers and he and his family going through it, and we're just trying to lift him up. But he will, to my uh, understanding, will be back next week. Yep. 
Uh, there may be a little bit of a twist in the schedule, and we could talk about that a little later as well. But with next Thursday being Christmas Eve, we may tape a little earlier and then have it available on the Radio.com app. I know I have family back in Jersey, uh, Hawkeye family up in Iowa, and anywhere in between. A lot of people that support this show, we really appreciate you. You pull up on the app each and every week. Uh, Joe, I don't know if I told you this. Last year, I was told that we were one of the top shows, if not the top show, during our radio slot uh, during the football season. So oh. props to you. Hey, man, props to you. I think, uh, you know, we just get a chance to come in here and have fun and, and joke around and also talk a little bit of ball. But I think it's, you know, just us just building that com- that camaraderie. And I yeah. think it just makes the show that 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 much greater um, and just continuing to, to be a voice for the fans here in KC. So what are you saying? Last year the show was greater because that was the one year Sean Barber wasn't on? Oh, you know what? I didn't say that. But yeah, you know- <laughs> you, that, that's what you told me when we was walking in the building. Don't try to clean it up now. Hey, Barbershop, man, what's happening? I know you out there listening, no, man. I no, know you out no, there listening. No. Do not listen to Dana. Don't try hey. to don't try to have Dana you know, build this wedge in between us two, man. We we we, we close as brothers, man. So. And you linebackers, man. Y'all cheat on the field and y'all hey. lie to each other off. See, hey. that's how it is. That's yeah. why y'all need – that's why the compliment of me being a, a pristine, pure as the driven snow, wide receiver, offensive uh, mind in here with y'all. That's why the balance. That's why Specter, Steve Specter, and uh, have us on here. That's why. Nah, I think uh, I think at think the end so? of the day they understand. Spec understand that defense win championships, and when it comes to this radio show, they want to hear the defensive guys. They want to hear about the aggressive, the you know going out there knocking heads off and doing all those type of things and Man. actually leading. A defense and not just, you know, some special teams guy. Man, all they want all they hear from the defensive people is run, hit, whoever has a different jersey and different helmet on, hit them. Who, who don't want to hear that? I think that's every true. single person that's listening in right now. They want to hear that? Yeah, they want to hear that. All right. Well, we're gonna get to that because <laughs> there was some running and hitting and grunting of some opposing team opposing uh players when the Chiefs went down to South Florida, the scene of the crime back in February. Well, we got our first Super Bowl in 50 years. Yes. And uh, they took care of business down there once again. I want to say that over at least the last three seasons, we've owned the state of Florida between Jacksonville, Tampa this year, Miami this year, the Super Bowl, et cetera. We just, you know, maybe the people out here in the Midwest and the Chiefs Kingdom, they like to, they like to go south. They like to be in that, in that hot weather. Oh, yeah, I think so, man. Uh, when it comes to playing here in the Midwest, you know it gets cold. And we could take care of business in the cold, and the heat doesn't matter. But when you go to Florida, it's just it's, it's a little something a little different. different. It's just a little it's a little something in the air. It's warm out there. You know, you get a chance to play under the spotlight. Uh, yeah, I think I think they them guys they just they just love to, to go out there and perform and play and and uh, put it all out there on the field. Man. And it looked like uh, just before we get more to it, the phone lines and the text lines are open nine one three five seven six seven six ten. But you're right, Joe. When they got down there, it seemed like they kind of picked up where they left off. Oh, yeah. Got behind by 10 points, mirror image of the Super Bowl, came back, scored 30 straight points, somewhat mirror image of the Super Bowl and Mm -hmm. what they were able to close out there with. But then they let them back in the game. Uh, That's kind of been a trend uh, for a portion of this season. Now, I don't know, and I'd love to hear from people on on the phone lines or the text lines because I personally don't know if it's an indictment of the Chiefs or if it's a credit to the other team. In this situation, I want to give credit to Brian Flores oh, absolutely. and the Miami Dolphins. 
And Tua Tungavailoa came through in that game in special fashion, not just because if you look at his numbers and the fact that they scored 17 points in this, in the fourth quarter and put it within one score, mm-hmm. but he was down as number one wide receiver. He was down three of his top five running backs. Uh, three, All three of them were not even suited up. Right. He lost his tight end, who had scored a couple of times, lost him in the fourth quarter. Um, he was down to the to the bare minimum of eligible guys <laughs> to go out and run some routes, and yeah. he still was able to orchestrate with pressure in his face, with uh, the pressure of having to combat Patrick Mahomes, who mm-hmm. did not have a very good game, and we'll, we'll get into that as well. But I wanted to give you some, some shine now in regards to talking the defense against yeah. that Miami Dolphins team. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, the defense played really, really – I mean, the defense played well. I mean, uh, our defense played well. Their defense, I think they did a really good job of maintaining Mahomes. I mean, you know, you forced the guy into three turnovers just himself, um, three picks, and then also forcing another turnover in the game. You would think that that would equal, you know, winning football. You know, you force four, four turnovers, oh, we're going to win the game. Mm-hmm. But it's something about this Chiefs team, man. It's just something in the air. It's something – about Coach Reed, him being able to coach these guys up, him preparing these guys for every single game. Whenever they get in those pressure-tight situations, they perform even better. It's yeah, so weird. It is interesting because yeah. I, I, you know, I spoke about it on the broadcast with Mitch during the game is that you don't see him sweat. No. We haven't seen this team really sweat since week 10 of last year when they lost – to the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. I mean, you you know, where things weren't going well, they fumbled a snap on a field goal. They had a fourth and two, I believe, where they get the first down, the game's over, and they wind up losing that game down in Nashville. That's kind of the first and only time that I kind of saw a chink in the armor. I kind of saw, you know, that that weakness, maybe, weakness. you know, and then they were able to recorrect it for, gosh, over 300-something days, I guess, before they lost another game. Um, it's impressive when you are watching a team that has the utmost confidence in each of their phases of the game, and they don't seem to freak out. Nope. Now, I will say there's a lot of fans that I'm sure, like I said during the broadcast, a lot of fans made their way to Walgreens and CVS to get some Valium or or heart medicine or something Pepto, over these last Pepto few weeks. <laughs> yeah, Pepto-Bismol for their stomachs and everything because I can imagine uh-huh. sitting – in your living room, watching this Chiefs game, or uh, each and every week, whether it's the Bucks game, the, the Raiders game, the Carolina Panthers game, if you weren't at Arrowhead, and now this past game with the Dolphins, where you're like, "All right, now, like, all right, now," <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, like, do you, do we have to do this every single week? Like, it's, it's like when you have a kid that you give him a midnight curfew. And you sitting up at eleven fifty eight, and they they still ain't in the door, but they have a knack to get in right at eleven fifty nine or something like that. It's like, do we really have to push this? Can you give me a little bit of a break? You Let do. me go to sleep early instead of waiting here for you. But that's just <laughs> kind of how this team is constructed. Yep. You know, what I mean, and um, I think rec- I think other teams recognize that they recognize like, okay, we're not in the clear now. A couple of them made the mistake of taking some pictures, the the San Francisco 49ers celebrating the end zone when they got the interception. They thought mm-hmm. the game was over. Yep. I got my, my T-shirt that shows the score at 20 to 10, and then all of a sudden on the back of the T-shirt it shows the end score. Uh, not many teams make that mistake, 
But this team is constructed to be fearless and to be unwavering in their confidence in their game plan and in execution. When it's necessary to get done, they seem to have a knack for getting it done. Yeah, I mean, it starts with the big man, you know, Big Red. Mm-hmm. He he keeps these guys, you know, he keeps these guys tuned into the game, keeps them focused, keeps them keeps them lasered in on what needs to be done. Instead of instead of, you know, having to worry about, okay, we're down 10 points, we need to go ahead and make a play. That's when people make more mistakes yeah. than anything, and he understands that. So I, I believe that he is a great person to have because now the entire team embody what he believes. Yeah. Every time you see the team go out there and they play well under these pressure situations, just believe that that's an extension of Coach Reed. And, and you know, we got the text line open and from the 816. Yeah, uh, he said, I think the Chiefs are playing too relaxed, only turning on when they need to. And another 816 says, discredit to Chiefs conservative play calling on offense. Uh, I think that's a good point. I, I can understand it. I should say, uh, I think there's food for thought in that when they talk about game plans and taking the foot off the gas pedal. Players do not do that. No. Uh, contrary to what you may think you see, players, especially in the game of football, do not go soft partway through. They do not take, uh, you know, multiple plays off or they don't, they don't cruise into the landing for the end of the game. That's no. just not a mindset of the players because that's when guys get hurt. Yes. If you, you know, a true, true point is not all the time. Everybody gets hurt different ways, but a large part of the time, the person that gets hurt is usually the one that's going slower than everybody else. Mm-hmm. That's taking a playoff or not driving their feet. Uh, I think of Michael Thomas. We're playing the Saints this week. Michael Thomas gets hurt early in the season because he gets rolled up. Now, I was always taught as a wide receiver that if I'm blocking, I need to be pushing you forward. And if I'm pushing you forward, although an accident can happen, there's a higher propensity for me to be safe if I'm moving you forward while somebody's being tackled behind me. But if I'm just standing still and I kind of feel like I'm going to take the playoff, my guy that I'm blocking is not making the tackle, that's when people get rolled up on. Yep. Uh, if I take a soft uh, a soft set as an offensive lineman and I get bull rushed and push a little deep, and now my ankle gets twisted or somebody else's foot gets steps on my foot, it's you. It usually happens, and you can ask most guys when they got hurt. Most of them, if they really wanted to be honest, they would say, "Yeah, I wasn't going as hard as I probably should have." I can say that. Yeah. It just had. I mean, I, I know that for a fact from my own personal. It might have looked like I was winning. Mm-hmm. It might have looked like I did my job, but I know internally, man, I could have been. I could have ran that dude into the sideline. I should have just ran him up into his coach and blocked him all the way through. I should have, you know, tackled. I shouldn't have just stood around the pile waiting for, you know, just to be able to celebrate. I should have mm-hmm. just stuck my head in there and, and on my shoulder and tried to rip the ball out because I stood around the pile and somebody swiped me. That's how I suffered a broken ankle. It was on the special teams play, actually. Just I was blocking. I was I just so happened blocking the long snapper, and you know that was just it was an easy, easy block. block. You know yep. he wasn't he's, he wasn't the the phys, the most physical person in the world, and he wasn't fast. So I figured I would go ahead and block him, <laughs> let my let my returner go ahead and go off my butt, and just go ahead and take it to the house. And um, he did just that, but I didn't account for the defender diving in and completely missing my returner uh. and hitting my ankle. And that's when I suffered, my, I suffered a broken ankle, missed the rest of the year. Yeah, uh, things happen. And and you know what? This Chiefs team is winning football games. I had a person come up to me today and say, hey, hey, how do you think Chiefs are going to do this week? I said, as long as they win by one point. 
That's it. Yep. And as a player, that's what you want. Now, ego can say, you know what, if they said some, if there's some trash talk or something like that, let's blow these guys out of the stadium. Mm-hmm. You know, but for the most part, win by one point is cool. Yep. And uh, this Chiefs team has an opportunity this week, and we'll talk later in the show about this preview. I'll go back to Patrick Mahomes. I had saw a stat that for 31 straight games, he had one or less interceptions. 31 straight games. Now, granted, you know, if we were talking about Drew Brees in 31 straight games, you say, okay, well, eh, that's not too bad. It's not bad. Because he's been around the league for 50 years. Yep. But you're talking about Patrick Mahomes just in his third year of starting, and he's gotten that kind of stat line mm-hmm. and, and, and the ability to take care of the football. It was a, a true anomaly that he threw three interceptions in this game. Uh, and we can just chalk it up because there's no history of him doing that. It's not uh, a situation not to, you know, besmirch Brett Favre or any of the great quarterbacks that came through, but those guys were more reckless with the football than Patrick Mahomes were. No is, and has shown himself to be. So hopefully there are people out there, the Chiefs fans, that are not um, – getting down on this team or, or, you know, watching with squinted eyes and, and hands over their face because they're a little scared of what can happen based on what they saw this past week. That Miami Dolphins team is a very good football team. It might be a team that we have to play again uh, coming up in the playoffs. Who knows? They, I, I thought it was interesting. They, were, they have the biggest set of defensive backs. All of them look the same, mm-hmm. six foot one, 200 pounds. If you look on their roster, they're give or take three or four pounds. They're all six foot one, 200 pounds. Yep. And they're all physical. Safeties and corners, nickelbacks, they're all the same guy, just with different numbers on. And they take on the identity of their coach in Brian Flores. Uh, Chan Gailey does a nice job coaching up uh, Tua and getting the most out of their offense when they've had some injuries that have hurt them. They are a dangerous team. And I want to say that although there's no moral victories, mm-hmm. the, their loss to the Chiefs, mark my words, their loss to the Chiefs might catapult them to a different place than they might have been cruising to. They will oh, be no. a better team because of how close they played the Super Bowl champs and how young they are. They had four guys starting on offense that were rookies and multiple guys on defense as well. But we are done with the first quarter and done with the Dolphins unless we see them in January we got to come back for the second quarter, and I want to talk a little bit about some of the twists and turns. we got a little unique situation coming up with the quarterbacking of the New Orleans Saints, and we've both been in that locker room, maybe had some situations with some quarterback controversies and <laughs> twists and turns, but we're going to talk about that next. This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Joe Mays on 610 Sports Radio. And we're back, players only, back in the building. Each Thursday, 6 to 7 p.m., Joe Mays. And I am Danon Hughes, and we're back for the second quarter. Let me tell you, our partners at U.S. Bank, whether it's home ownership, starting a business, retirement, whatever you need, U.S. Bank, whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. So, Joe, going into the break, we were talking about uh, – quarterback situation with the Chiefs and I just want to give a shout out because I had someone text me and this is my this is a credit to my Hawkeye edumacation edumacation um that's not a word that, but besmirch is a word yeah and somebody tried to call me out on it like I was making up words up in here just like I did with edumacation but <laughs> that's the Hawkeye slash jersey education that I got see 
I feel like I feel like there should be like doves that fly out of this this room because doves? Oh yeah. no, don't no. You, now you like, you overhyping yourself. Like flop, like nothing. No doves. Like, he said doves. Not nothing. D- no doves. No P- pigeons. Maybe P- pigeons. <laughs> no, no dog on pigeons. <laughs> pigeon. Maybe some pigeons fly. You get the you get the clapping. <laughs> like we in the Central Park in, in New York. Oh yeah. All right. Anyway, we, we, as we get back to football, <laughs> the text lines are open, 913-576-7610, the phone lines as well. Also want to give a shout-out, uh, for several weeks during this season, I had uh, talked about being the most wanted honoree for Big Brothers Big Sisters and raising money, helping them raise money this year. Uh, they just had the banquet and the culmination of the entire year, and they raised $1.3 million. That's awesome. So shout out to Big Brothers Big Sisters. Thanks for allowing me to be a part of that. All the people that supported me uh, through the text line, donations, et cetera, really, really appreciate you. Uh, All was going to a great cause. And although we are in some crazy times during this pandemic, it's always great to see and hear people are still thinking of other people and still having that kind of compassion and recognizing that there are others out there that are worse or maybe in worse situations than we are. Amen. So here's what we got. Uh, I talked to Joe earlier, and I broached the the conversation. Broached. There you go. See another one. Education. We need to get like a soundbite, Julio. When I when I say something that makes me sound smart, it doesn't really happen very often. Oh, I like it. I like that. Now now we can hold on to that one. Julio, don't let these defensive guys uh, poison your brain, man. You are offensive guy by heart. Go ahead, Julio. Go ahead. Let that thing sing again. (laughs) I like it. This is going to be the shortest show ever. Anyway, (laughs) I wanted to talk to Joe. Joe, you from the defensive perspective, ever had a situation where you as a player, you would have liked to have another guy start at QB than who actually did? And the reason why I bring that up is because that seems to be uh, a norm around the NFL. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a situation this week coming up with the Saints where Taysom Hill is the starting quarterback, but Jameis Winston is the backup. But Jameis Winston is your prototypical quarterback that doesn't know how to take care of the football, and Taysom is kind of a gadget gadget guy. Yeah. Uh, and some people, there's, you know, people on both sides of the fence on who should be the guy. And now Drew Brees, he may come out like uh, Lamar Jackson out of the locker room. Uh, we'll we'll talk about that <laughs> also, but uh, you know who knows who's going to be the quarterback. Now there's some gamesmanship, there's some strategy involved, and in, you know you keep hovering over all three guys so that Andy Reid and Steve Spagnolo is preparing for all of them and oh, not yeah. focusing on one. But we've we've all we've both been in situations where the quarterback that was playing wasn't necessarily the 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 locker room favorite. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and I believe we we've we've had a conversation about about said quarterback um before. You can go ahead and say it. I mean, you know what? Why not? I it was year, it was I, let me paint the picture. It was the year 2011. <laughs> 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 and uh, you know, Kyle Orton, he was the starter the starting quarterback uh for us. I was in Denver we with the Broncos. So wait, wait, wait. Before you go on, you're saying that there's there's somebody that you you would have preferred Kyle Orton over. No, you, yeah, you, yes, <laughs> I was going to get into that. All right, but at some point during the season, we moved from Kyle Orton to Tim, Tim Tebow, and uh, you know it, it was a 
I would I can tell you from a defensive standpoint, it was a bit of a challenge. Just because, you know, when it comes to Tim Tebow, he had to kind of catch his foot in a little bit. You know, coming from Florida, running a different style of offense than an NFL-controlled offense. So it took some getting used to. I mean, we had to play 90, 95, you know, sometimes close to 100 defensive plays a game just for him to catch his footing. So from our from you know looking looking at it from from our side of it, we're just thinking, all right, look, we need a we need an offense that can at least manage the ball, yep. keep us on the field, keep us drinking some Gatorade, Gatorade, some water, you know, keep us off our feet. Because I mean, ninety plays a game, you know, four or five weeks in a row, that 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 just it takes a toll on your body. Any coach ever go to any player ever go to the coaches and be like, all right, now coach, you know, can you help us out with something? Can we get this other dude on there? Can we can we get fifteen off the field and and Orton on the field? Nah, you, I mean, that's not something that you want to do. You don't want to go to the coach and let them know that you don't believe in a player. Like, I, I've never, re- I've never really uh, been one to go and talk bad about a, about a guy, yeah. not to a coach. Understandable. I mean, you know, the, I mean, you know, the coach, they put us out there, they, they get us prepared, but we got a job we got to take care of. How about the coaches coming to you? Now, I know, I mean, it's right now, uh, you know, we uh, heard around the league, uh, Deshaun Watson is going to have a hand in who's going to be the next coach mm-hmm. uh, in, in Houston. We hear about that more so in the NBA level about coaches, the carousel and players, high-octane you know, high high players uh, being connected to and with the owner and the GM yep. in regards to who they're bringing in. Uh, coaches going to players. Because, you know, for the fans out there listening, there's a lot of – human, regular, man-to-man conversations that happen on the field and in the locker room Mm -hmm. with coaches to players. Heck, sometimes the coaches are younger than the players at times. So it's not just about, like, the high school where there's the the coaches, the older guy, and then there's a bunch of kids playing. Mm -hmm. Like, you're calling everybody by their first names. This is like grown man business. Same thing you would happen that would happen in your office. Mm -hmm. And there's conversations that happen. I mean, I had – like we had – Al Saunders was our offensive coordinator, wide receiver coach, and there were times where he didn't even know when people got cut. Like he would come in the locker room like, Daniel, yo, where's uh, Sean at? Like, Sean got cut. He's like, oh. That's happened plenty of times. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that (laughs) happens normally right around training camp, towards the end of training camp. You just – like they're so involved in the game plan and practice plan and so on Mm -hmm. that – a lot of the stuff that happens transactionally, they don't know. They don't know, oh, man, you signed, you know, I heard you signed a new contract type yeah. of thing or something like that. They Like, coaches don't know, but there's a lot of that man-to-man conversations, oh, and yeah. you can have a conversation where a coach be like, Dana, what you, you know, what you, what you think of that corner over there? Oh, you know, yeah. what do you think about that guy we just brought in? Yeah. And you, you just talk real. Like, you're just really having a real conversation where you have to balance as a player, you know, am I talking to my coach? Where I would say, oh, he's a good guy, blah blah blah. Or mm-hmm. am I talking to another dude? Yeah. Where I'm like, you know, you know, doggone well, coach. That yeah, dude. <laughs> we, we call those off the record conversations. Yeah. <laughs> you know, th- those are not conversations that's recorded. Yeah. It's not conversations that's going to make it back to anyone else. You know, after we sit there and have those, con- after we sit there and talk, it's just you know us just coming together and having that having a conversation. Kind of, kind of it, it feels like it's kind of away from football a little bit. Yeah. Where it's just you know just you know man to man like you said before. I've had plenty of those, and you know it, it's always where you just get a chance to voice your opinion, and you're not going to get judged. Yeah. You're not going to have anyone come back and 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 kind of you know 
point at you for saying what you said. It's just us being real. Yeah, being real, <laughs> having a, a moment of realness with with your coach, who happens to be another dude who might feel the same way as you. He just yeah. want to see if you're going to be real with him. It's kind of one of those relationships, just like you have with a friend based on a girlfriend or whatever. You have a real conversation, and that happens. I will say I was part of one of the probably greater moments or crazier moments in Chiefs history that was involved communication with the coaches. Uh-oh. The Monday Night Miracle, Chiefs-Broncos, 1994, Joe Montana versus John Elway. Derek Thomas missed a meeting. Marty calls us in to his suite at the hotel. We're in Denver. He calls us into the suite hotel. All the captains. I was a captain. Mm -hmm. It was only my second year in the league, uh, and I was a captain. And he said, what do we, you know, I'm thinking about benching Derek. (laughs) And I I want the captain's input. Yep. So I'm in there with Joe, Marcus, Joe Phillips, myself, um, I want to say Tracy Rogers was the other special teams uh, captain, and I can't remember who was on defense with Joe Phillips. Cut to the point. Who are you throwing under the bus today? So, anyway, <laughs> lo and behold, as everybody knows from watching the documentary and watching that game and watching the clips before, Derek Thomas did not start that game. He wound up going in in the second quarter, and he wound up doing damage in the game, mainly damage. because he was stewing on the sideline. I'm sure. He did damage in most every game he played, but he was stewing on the sideline. But that was the one time, one of a few times where coaches would have real conversations, but that was one that really impacted the game. So when you have a Tim Debo situation where oh. when he came in in 2011 to Arrowhead and completed only two passes and they beat the Chiefs 17-10, to 10, there's guys on the team like you oh, that's yeah. like, can we get somebody? Yeah. Do we still want to go to the bullpen and, and get somebody else? And the thing is, it's not much you can say because they spent the first rounder bringing this guy in, yeah. in, in, in hopes that he's gonna, you know, be the quarterback of the future. And um, you know, it you happens. It, yeah, it does happen. But you can't sit there and tell them who they should and shouldn't be playing. I mean, they spent the first rounder. They got to make sure they know what they they got to know what they have, uh, you know, in, in order to determine the future. So they allow them to go out there and and play, and whether they struggle or whether they do well, that's just. You know, it's just all in the cards. Whatever's being played, being played. And just understand, Chiefs fans, publicly, you may not know or ever hear of conversations, stories, uh, input that players have mm-hmm. in regards to who's on the roster, who's not on the roster, coaches, involvement. We already hear from Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey that they go to Andy Reid with plays that they want to run. So it, it would be easy to believe that they also go with personnel. Mm-hmm suggestions and so on that happens that's part of the business there's some other stuff that went on this past week we got guys going to locker rooms uh with so-called cramps and i want to talk a little bit about that because <laughs> i did that when i was in college and i'm sure joe had some other other situations <laughs> that he's been a part of some wacky stuff on the field we're going to get to that in third quarter this is players only with Damon hughes and joe mays on 610 sports radio Halftime's over. Players Only is back. Joe Mays and I'm Danon Hughes. We're back for ah, a little bit less than a half an hour for the second half of this show. This third quarter of Players Only is brought to you by U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can turn it into your next pursuit. We got some action on the text line, Joe. Yeah, yeah. I'm reading a text from 913. Can a coach be friends with a player in the NFL, or is it more of a mutual respect uh, spec than a friendship? I think 
it's definitely a mutual respect because you're not going to sit there and, and try to have those one-on-one men type conversation if you don't respect respect the person. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it's a mutual respect that, you know, you, you can sit there, you can have a conversation and know that this is, is it's not a conversation that's going to leave this room. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely not being recorded and it's not going to leave the room, like I said before. So yeah, it can happen and it happens all throughout the, throughout the NFL, but um, you know, it's it's always one of those situations where there's always that respect between player and coach, um, to where you can have those men to men conversations and not have to worry about anything. And so, to yeah, me, just in general, Joe, respect is the main thing. Oh yeah. Like I, I tell my kids, I you know I, I live by. There's a difference between having a friend and being friendly. Mm-hmm. Like I think coaches are generally friendly with all the players. To me, that's part of the job. You need to be friendly with everybody. Some guys aren't though. Yeah. Some coaches, not, they're not like that. They, yeah, they don't have that personality. Yeah. You're right. That's true. I could think of some, too. You're right. But respect. Like, they're going to respect you on the field. And I think players, I know I live and die for respect. Mm-hmm. Whether in my house, whether it's in my relationships or whatever. Like, that's no, I don't care if you like me. You just got to respect me. Yeah. And uh, I think in the locker room, that's the same thing that you see. is Coaches, they might be, you know, ornery and cussing every three words out of their mouth and screaming and yelling at you, but they you can tell they respect you. Oh, no doubt. And if they don't respect you, that's where things come to a head yep. where you've seen players getting in the faces of other coaches I've and other that. players. And, stuff. We've, and we've been around that as well. Oh, <laughs> well, there was a snafu in the, in the game last week <laughs> with Lamar Jackson. Cramps, got to go take a dump. Whatever, whatever way you want to say it, he's claiming that it was just cramps. I've never personally seen a guy leave the sideline for cramps. Like, what you going to leave the side unless you're going to get an IV? Yeah. That's the only reason you would leave the sideline for cramps is if you're going to get an IV. Did he get I, an IV? I didn't hear anything about him getting an IV. Did you see – did he have a wrap around his arm? Well, he had the long sleeves on and stuff, so oh, okay. you couldn't tell. Okay. But the way he was moving into that locker room – like, I've never seen nobody run into a locker room with cramps. Like, no. if I got cramps, I'm going to get to the locker room. Right. Uh, you know, the IV is going to be there. Um, More than likely, I'll probably get carded in there. But I've been in a situation where I've been a player to to have to go take a dump. Oh man! Right before halftime, like I can't wait till halftime. This this last drive of the second quarter, I'm gonna go be like Willis Reed and run into the locker room. Yep. Paul Pierce, like it, it just happens. Like yeah. your breakfast, your pregame <laughs> meal, just don't agree with you during that time, and you got to go, and you got yep. white pants on, and you don't want none running down your legs. I've seen that happen. Yeah, I've seen that happen. Now that's disturbing. <laughs> that's disturbing. That's disturbing. Like to 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 see a guy in white pants and then all of a sudden it, it just it ain't white no more. <laughs> it, that's that's a disturbing sight to see. So yeah. I can see why he booked it to the locker room. Yeah. <laughs> so is that why he went to the locker room? He had to use the rap. I'm gonna I'm going on that side that he had to take a dump. There like he, he they're gonna have to show me that he had an IV or they're gonna have to tell me he had an IV in the locker room because there's no other reason to me why you go to the locker room during the game with cramps. Right. That's just no reason. Running to the locker room with running in cramps. There. Almost running over the person coming out of the locker yeah, room. Yeah, no, it doesn't happen. There's a place you needed to be. I wouldn't mind telling if I if I got to go, dunk, you got to go. You got to go, you got to go. Yeah. I wouldn't mind telling nobody. I don't care who it is. I got to go to the bathroom. It just is what it is. So, uh, in, in with that happening, they have to uh, shuffle their quarterbacks in. They get uh, McSorley uh, from Penn State. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets hurt, and you have the gadget situation at quarterback because now you have. You know, Lamar Jackson, some people consider him a gadget. I don't because when you win the MVP, to me, you're not a gadget. Right. Uh, Cam Newton, the same way. 
but there are gadget quarterbacks out there. Now, you from a defensive perspective as a linebacker, I'm sure you, you've seen some. Heck, I think on the open, when you're introduced into this show, it talks about you chasing down Cam Newton and he's running the ball. Yeah. And some people might call him a gadget. I wouldn't, but gadget quarterbacks around the league. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're, they're actually the toughest ones to go against because now you, you, you're – there, there. It's a, it's a, it's, it's three different possibilities that they can go with it. You know, they can have their certain plays where they, where they're just running just a regular type offense, uh, where you know they're handing the ball off, they're dropping back, whatever, whatever. Then it's also where now they have these running plays that's built just around them. Yeah. And depending on the, these gadget quarterbacks that we speak of, I mean, you know, most of the time they're 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 fast, or they're bigger. So now yeah. they're just as big as the linebackers. More so, probably bigger than than the DBs, where they can kind of run through and run around. Yeah, like a Cam Newton. That yeah. that dude is huge. Until you see him up close in person, that dude is that dude right there is huge. Him, jo- uh, you know, yeah. Josh Brown over yeah. in Buffalo. Yeah, they are big dudes. Big dudes. Big Ben. So, yeah. So you know, it, it's definitely tough to go against a, a guy like that because it's way too many ways. Um, you know that he can beat you. Yeah. So now you have to, you know, basically expand on the defensive playbook. Instead of just keeping things super simple, um, so it it, it kind of makes for a headache for uh, the defensive coaches to, to kind of learn. And you and, can't tee off on them, and you can't because they are quarterbacks protected. Yeah, and you know a lot of the times it, it kind of takes away from your normal reads as yeah. a linebacker. You're taught to read, you know, the triangle, which is the center, the guard, back into the backfield, and it kind of changes the way that you read these plays because now you're not just looking at what. You know, the, the running back is doing. You're not just looking at what the offensive line is doing. Now you have to account for an extra player, which is the quarterback that's that's in the run game. I, I thought it, y'all just saw and hit people. I thought I didn't think y'all had reads. Oh man, come on, man. You know, it's more oh, look, the hitting, <laughs> the running, the hitting, the, the the knocking people around, that's a part of the game. Now, when it comes to That's the know, icing really, on the cake. That's the icing on the cake. But when it comes to really knowing what a team can do. We got to be smart enough to know exactly what's going to hit us and where our weaknesses are. Yeah, the gadget quarterback can be uh, very unique. It's like most rookie pitchers, uh, for most people out there know I'm a baseball guy, most rookie pitchers are somewhat successful on their first start. Yep. Mainly because there's no film. No. You don't know what you're going to get. They're going to be dominant in, in, in a lot of cases. I wouldn't say all cases, but in a lot of cases, they're going to be pretty dominant or at least very strong in their first start. Yep. That's kind of like what well, we're going to be coming up against the Taysom Hill. He started off strong. Now people are starting to figure him out. They lost last week. And now there's the, the, the juggling of the quarterback position that we are leading into this week. And we got to talk about the Saints because this is going to be a very, very good football team. And they have a chip on their shoulder. They lost last week. And they're looking for some redemption, and they're looking to get back and secure that number one seed in the NFC. So a lot on the line, a good test for the Chiefs, especially where we're standing. We're going to talk about that preview when we come back. This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Joe Mays on 610 Sports Radio. All right, we're winding down for the fourth quarter of the show. This quarter is sponsored by our friends at U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. Uh, I besmirched. I did not besmirch the name of Sean Barber. Besmirch. Shout out to Miko, who thought uh, who thought that that was not a word. And I'm not besmirching her. <laughs> Throw under the bus. There you go. I had to, <laughs> ma- I had to mention it. Yep. She thought she got over. 
because I waited until the fourth quarter. Yeah. But we're in the fourth quarter, and we got to talk Chiefs Saints. This preview, this is going to be a tough game, like I mentioned. Yep. And I'm looking forward to seeing how the defense play against uh, Taysom Hill, which, you know, he, he's a he's a guy who can both run and throw the, and throw the ball. He can throw the ball really well, and he's a bigger quarterback um, that, you know, tends to bowl over smaller defenders. So it's gonna be it's gonna be key that you know not only do the Chiefs you know they're able to stop the running game because they do have some talented guys in the in the running back field in the backfield, but they're gonna have to figure out a way to stop Taysom Hill from running the ball. And you know a lot of the, a lot of teams they haven't really found that found the right recipe in yeah. order to stop him from running and keeping him keep him one dimensional. Um, so it's going to be key for the for the Chiefs to to come out and try to figure out a way to do that. So in in my eyes, whenever you're playing against quarterbacks like this that that can definitely run the ball whenever they need to, um, it's going to be key to have a spy on them. Now the only downside to having a spy it basically cuts it cuts your 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 play calling in down tremendously because if you have a spy, you have to go man defense. Yeah, and if you go man defense, you you're only going to have a single high safety. Left. The only the only way that you can avoid being predictable in man situation is kind of what we faced with the Raiders in the game one of this year, mm-hmm. where they were able to get pressure yeah. with three guys or four guys, and then you're able to have a guy like Littleton or Kwiatkowski that they had in the Raiders spy Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and I think that I think for us that'd be that would be Sorensen. Yeah. Sorensen we've basically activated since Dorian O'Daniel went down, we've had no more than four linebackers active for any game. Mm-hmm. With that being said, Daniel Sorensen is a guy that's kind of the hybrid. Yep. He plays that linebacker position. You'll see him and Willie Gay Jr. be interchangeable. He's a linebacker, safety, whatever, coverage, blitzing, and so on. So, yeah, I think there you have to be creative with Taysom Hill. He's third on the team and rushing at 395 yards. He's, he's throwing for near 1,000 yep. in his opportunities. Uh, they are not. Uh, a deep threat type of team, although if you become predictable with man-to-man coverage, they will try to take the top off the defense. They have some very capable wide receivers as well. So uh, this game offensively uh, going against the top defense, top rushing defense, very good passing defense, uh, a very strong special teams as well. This is going to be a challenge, especially down there in New Orleans. So uh, this Chiefs team has to – play up to their potential and the Saints on their home turf, you do not want to give them life yeah. in the late fourth quarter like we've done with the Bucks and the Panthers and last week with the Dolphins. Yeah, man, and they're gonna do a good job of mixing in a little bit of man with some zone. Yep. And definitely tossing some pressures. They have uh Coach Allen, who was the defensive coordinator, he coached me in Denver. Dennis so, Dennis yeah, Allen. Dennis yep. Allen, yeah. He, he coached me in Denver. Uh he's a D coordinator there now. So he does a good job of mixing uh, play calls and and throwing a little bit of this, a little bit of that against the offenses. So they're gonna see they're gonna see some different things, you know, that that's played against them out there on the field. So now, the only thing that I would I would have to say is taking advantage of the man of the man uh, coverage that they play. Yeah, I mean, because you know those corners they like to get up, play bump and run. They like to get in your face. They like to throw the receivers off a little bit. They like to trash talk. We've every, seen that with seen, the Buccaneers. That yeah, didn't work well. Yeah, and you see them always. It's always someone on the of the on the opposing team that want to fight. So it's going to be. Why some they always want to fight us wide receivers, I man? Mean, we like I said, we're pure as the driven snow. Yeah, man. I, I'm. I, you know that's that's just the way this play. But you know they they do that type of thing <laughs> to try to take 
You just, did you say pure as snow? <laughs> I had to stop what I said. Did you say pure? Oh, come on, We man. are pure as the driven snow, man. As the driven snow. Yeah. I, I've never heard that until See? tonight. I'm learning everybody something in here. I'm learning, learning everybody, everybody something this with, week. With your I just turned 50, and I must be getting smarter. <laughs> well, you said it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, like I was saying, you know the Chiefs are going to have to, you know, uh, you know, come out and, and really, really dominate and be able to uh, take advantage of the man coverage that they're going to see. Yeah, um, and just try to make some plays. Yeah, I think again, just like we did against the Buccaneers, you do not abandon the run game just because you're going against a very good run defense. No. They are uh, a top team, second in the NFL, just giving up just under 90 yards per game rushing. They are second in the NFL with total net yards, their defense, and just under 300 yards total per game. They get some heat on opposing quarterbacks. They get they are tied with us for seventh in the NFL in takeaways. Um, so, yeah, this is going to be a, a really, really big challenge. And like I said earlier, because they lost last week, because they're still vying for that top seed in the NFC, uh, they're still – whispers that Drew Brees could come back from his fractured ribs and and there's those injuries that he sustained several weeks ago. I don't think it would be smart uh, to me. If you think that Taysom Hill can be a guy that can bring you through the playoffs, mm-hmm. then maybe well, you bring you bring Drew Brees back. Yeah. But if you think that Drew Brees is the quarterback that can carry you, a healthy Drew Brees can bring you through the playoffs, then you hold him out because yeah. you already know you're going to pretty much be in the playoffs. Yeah. So you just hold him out and you just got an uphill battle on playing on the road. I'd rather play on the road with a healthy Drew Brees than play him now, possibly secure a one seed or a two seed, have some home field games, but have a Drew Brees at 60 to 70%. Yeah. That, that, that would be my mindset. Fortunately, at this time, we don't have that problem. We got a healthy quarterback, a healthy team for the most part. We do have a couple of offensive linemen that have been in and out of practice, and we're hoping that we can get them back. I do, before we end this show, want to shout out to my wife and my kids for setting up an amazing 50th celebration this past weekend. Uh, they caught me off guard, bro. They got me in every direction. Videos from teammates, former Chiefs teammates, etc. Awesome. It was absolutely amazing, and I appreciate it. Did you and cry? We, yes, I did. I cried. I laughed. I did it all. Yeah. But the one thing I will be, I'll be back next hey, week. Oh yeah, I'll after be back hopefully too. this Chiefs win. Uh, we hope to, uh, for everybody else to be listening with us next week. We may be on a different day, but we'll be back. Players only. Peace. This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Joe Mays on 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 